hello and great greetings, goddesses. You're on with Aviola and welcome to Spiritpreneur School, a sacred creation of womanifesting.com. This blessed dialogue is sponsored by my upcoming Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator, a 12-week transformational mind-body-business abundance journey for spiritpreneur coaches, healers, and gurus. Get into the loop with my free spiritual business success camp at unblockmybusiness.com. That is unblockmybusiness.com. And now for today's magical goddess guru guest, Latham Thomas. AKA Glow Maven is a celebrity wellness, lifestyle guru, and birth doula who was named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 and one of Mind Body Green's Top 100 Women to Watch in Wellness. Beautiful Latham is the founder of Mama Glow, a lifestyle brand and website offering inspiration, education, and holistic services for expectant and new mamas. And if that is not enough, she is way, way, her, her, her glow is way bigger than that as she is the proud mama of DJ Prodigy and entrepreneur DJ Falano. This New York City resident has a new book that we are excited to talk about today. It's named Own Your Glow. Yes, a soulful guide for luminous living and crowning the queen within. Welcome, 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 beautiful Latham. How are you, goddess? Wow, thank you so much, Queen. Just listening to you with the radiance and your voice, giving the bio. I was like, wow, I love the way she says it. <laughs> yes. So gorgeous. <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited in advance of this vibration-raising conversation. <laughs> so, Yes. So we heard your bio, right? The official stuff. But there is a woman who is behind this bio, Goddess Latham. So tell us about the goddess behind the bio. Sure. So um, I'm from California. I'm a woman who was raised um, surrounded in nature. We grew a lot of things in California, plants food, um, there was gardens, and so I had a very unique upbringing um, that was tethered to, to nature and understanding life cycles, and particularly that of um, medicinal herbs and wild edibles, and that really, I think, helped to create what will become later for me a, a reverence and an integration of uh, respect and um and surrender to um, nature and um, natural rhythms. And it bleeds also into my work as a birth doula, which was inspired by the birth of my son and um, working in women's wellness and supporting women as they cross the threshold into motherhood. So I, um, I really believe in the power of the female body and what's capable what's possible and um, the magic and the sunshine between our thighs. And I believe that 
Um, we, we should work every single day of our lives to return home to ourselves. And um, there's so many disruptive messages about the body and about women, and we get inundated with this me- these messages every day. And so my work is really about helping women to, like I said, return home to themselves and also to help them cross a river. Um, I hold their hands as they do so in my doula work and as women who are giving birth to other things, giving rise to the best version of themselves, giving rise to new relationships, new businesses, I support them through hand-holding and, um, and listening. I think listening is the biggest piece of the work that I do and witnessing is another big piece of the work that I do and, um, and really living in awe. And, and being inspired by, by women and the work that we do uh, on this planet to basically hold the universe together. So, um, yeah, I'm a mother. I have a 14-year-old son, so I'm definitely out of the hedges when it comes to having, you know, little ones. But mm-hmm. every day that I'm supporting a woman through birth, I'm able to really, you know, experience uh, again through her lens and through, you know, the process of supporting my own, um, you know, experience of childbirth and I get to see it again like new life. And so I'm inspired every day to wake up and, and support women in this way and to help transform the way that uh, society sees women's bodies and how women perceive their bodies and to transform um, how we relate to birth. That is so beautiful. Thank you, Latham, for doing this sacred work. Thank you for being the woman that you are on this planet because the greatest gift I think that we can give another person is, as you said, that, you know, a big part of what you do is listening and witnessing. Mm -hmm. And the power of being witnessed is just so healing in and of itself. Can you speak a little bit more Mm -hmm. about that, please? Yeah, so... I think that there's a basic human need to be seen, heard, and feel a sense of belonging. And at the root of everything that is troubling our society are those three things. And uh, a baby learns in the first few hours of life whether or not the world is a safe place. It's through nurturing that we teach children and that we support them so they feel confident and develop emotional intelligence and uh, empathy and feel love, right? And so um, that witnessing is really about um, someone being able to become, right? So when we think about uh, what processes unfold that are dynamic and beautiful and holy that we don't get to see, we get to see the outcome. Um, there's magic that's unfolding and we can, when we can actually glimpse that thing, like when we can glimpse a caterpillar entering its chrysalis phase, and we can glimpse a caterpillar, I mean, sorry, a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis, it's like, it's almost like time stops, right? And so we witness someone in an experience of um, transformation when they're crossing a threshold and they get to the other side with something that they didn't have when they started. That is a profound place to stand as you support because you're actually holding space for that journey and also for the uh, integrity of the experience. 
and to protect the person that's actually in transition or in, um, yeah, in transit, right? And the transmission of energy around them you're holding space for. So it is really important, I think, um, in any of the work that we do that is uh, oriented towards healing arts or oriented towards transformation or personal growth, that we remember to uh, to watch and to observe and to be still and to be quiet and to listen. Because more than anything else, I think people need that. Um, there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom and that we can uptake from books or from here or there, but really it's like being with people, right? Like people really need you to just be. Sometimes there's a moment someone's going through, it's challenging, and you're like, I don't know what to say. You don't have to say. Most of the time it's just being there. So I think the witnessing is about, you know, supporting someone as they're becoming, but also learning to be, learning to be present, a constant presence of support. Beautiful, beautiful. I have to share with you, sis, that I've always been, I think, especially drawn to your work because my great-great-grandmother, my mother's grandmother, was a midwife Uh and a woman's fertility healer, yeah, in Guyana, in Guyana, South America. She was born in the 1870s, and she was working with women. That's amazing. Yes, yes, Uh like she was. Fierce. This woman was like fierce beyond belief. And I say all the time, you know, that as the, you know, um, as a part of her legacy that she helped women to give birth to their babies and I help women to give birth to themselves. So I've called myself, you know, the midwife for your sacred life or a self-worth midwife. Let's talk mm-hmm. about your your sacred work and how in specifically in birthing uh, helping to birth babies, and how that came from your experience with your son. Yeah, for me, it was really about um, one, a, a desire, but beyond desire, it was a calling. I think that I felt tethered to this idea of um, women being held and swaddled in love and supported along the journey. And at the time that I was pregnant, um, my son is 14, so this is 15 years ago. There was not the tools that we have with the Internet. People still wrote letters, used telephones. People didn't really use cell phones. They checked their emails once a week, maybe. It was a completely different time. And so the way that you found information was through word of mouth. The way you found information was through the telephone book, like a relic now, but that's what we used. And so... um you know, for me, it was just like a natural um, transition to to create a space for women that would um, that would help them to navigate the birth space. Like, what are my options? What how do I advocate for myself? What are the um, best practitioners' products and services? Like all of that. And um, so, from my own experience. Um, I benefited from a lot of my own kind of research. I had my baby at the only freestanding birth center in New York City at the time, um, has since shut down. It was one of the last births there. And I've been advocating ever since for, um, you know, women's 
rights as they deliver babies and, you know, mother-baby-friendly uh, hospitals and, you know, just really helping midwives and doulas um, in, in this work, but also bringing the, um, the birth work to the forefront of popular culture. And um, I saw when I was setting on the mission to serve um, that I knew I needed to work toward making the vision was really about making um, a shift in the way that people perceive our bodies, the way that people perceive birth and the birth process and um, the way culture perceives birth. And so the way to do that has been um, through God ordering my steps and asking me to work with certain people that have come in my, you know, path. And so um, I've been directed towards certain individuals and who have been able to use their power of influence to speak about, you know, their births and their bodies in very intimate and um, vulnerable ways to help shift, um, you know, culture in a way where women can have these dialogues that are not just, you know, women in silos or people preaching to the choir. I saw very early on that midwives and doulas and people that are in the birth working space were talking to each other and not really um, advancing the movement um, by integrating people like, you know, who would never have probably thought of having a doula. And so I was blessed that there have been opportunities for me to reach more people and to create a, a paradigm for other doulas to follow um, so that they can also bring the work um, and expand it into more spaces. So um, for me, it's just been, you know, one of service, a path of service first and always. And then really, like, I think it probably became, you know, as I was working with these women, many of them were, I mean, so many at, you know, finishing up an album right before the baby was coming or launching a new um, screenplay or, you know, about to premiere a new screenplay um, for, you know, new actors to come in and support it or writing a new book or launching a fashion collection, like at around the pinnacle of, of you know, of the pregnancy, like really towards the end or like in new motherhood. And so a lot of the work that we do really is supporting women as they take these journeys and leadership stepping away from what their life was um, for what it will become and, and what they want that to be. And so that's really been, you know, Mama Glow is really about like, you know, birthing your best self, right? So some women come and they're on this path of fertility. Some women come, they're on the path of having a baby. And some people come and their baby's already here. But the, the real mission is to support and hold hands and let them know that they're seen and they're heard and they belong. And as we do that, I think we help to educate, inspire, and create action in women so that they can sustain the lives that they want to lead. And I I just believe that a big piece of that is the methodology that we use, but also this, this movement around self-care that I really help women embrace. And it's, I help them as early on as people who come during the fertility phase. That's a huge piece of our work um, through postpartum and integrating into new motherhood. So I think those are really the key areas, like, you know, that um, 
women suffer, that I see suffering, is um, the lack of, you know, compassion for ourselves and working too hard and beating ourselves up and all these things that keep us from being able to do, you know, the, the sacred dharma and the divine work that's, that's moving through us. Like there's, there's um, an inability to really accept the calling because women are so, um, you know, confused or so inundated with a to-do list and really focus their priorities on checking off lists instead of like checking within. And so I think for us, it's about a reorienting and, um, and that helps women to slow down and to, you know, like reprioritize. And a lot of the things that mattered before kind of fall to the wayside and they start to, I think, um, step into a new version of themselves, which is really most important um, because once babies arrive or once the book is out or once, you know, with all these things, it's like you have to have a foundational practice. And so that is a, a key aspect of the work, um, which I would say, uh, you know, not all doulas, you know, promote that, but it is really important for us because I'm, my kid's in high school, so I know what it is if, if you don't take care of yourself. I've seen so many different moms, but I've also experienced for myself, like, you have to take care and you have to prioritize yourself. Hmm. Well, let's let's expand that. Let's let's go deeper into that because I'm I'm really, you know, I feel like that is such an important message for women across the board at different ages, different experiences, and this is really what you get into in Own Your Glow. So, because I know that your work is about, you know, creating this sacred framework for us to birth either babies or birth our lives, let's talk about, you know, fear and versus courage and what it is that stops women from wanting to birth a dream. Like, for example, you mentioned, Latham, you know, that you, when you felt your calling, you know, you then had the courage to take the next inspired step. So if there's a woman who's mm-hmm. listening and she feels her calling, or maybe a lot of women I speak to, they, they, they are so numb to even being able to know themselves or hear themselves or answer their calling, you know, what, what that's should right. she be doing to, to get back in touch with herself? Yeah. Yeah, that's such a great question. I think that, you know, one of the things that is really interesting about um, the listening um, is that we have so many things that turn us away from our bodies every single day, right? Everything turns us away from our bodies. And so um, we have to make a conscious effort to actually uh, strip back a lot of the, the chatter. And so... Um, you know, for people who are inundated with ideas or feel like there's too much going on or feel confusion or feel fear, um, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is like, you know, completing mission with fear, like facing you head on, right? And yes. so, um, and, and the universe rewards courage. So every time you take a courageous step, here comes like the next step or the next you know, something comes to keep you on that course to let you know, like, yes, that was good. And here's something, here's a little nugget or a little goblet or whatever you need to fortify you so you can continue to go because, you know, the journey is also sometimes in dark, in the darkness. And so you're, you're navigating a path without knowing what your next step might necessarily be. And I think that is 
challenging for people to think about, like, well, how do I do this without a map? How do I do this without surety? There's never certainty along an entrepreneurial journey, right? It's like, you know, one of the things that makes people dive into it, I think, that are more risk-friendly in nature is that there is um, discovery and there is uh, this idea of, um, you know, you don't know what's next, right? Like you can kind of like map out something and then it can go totally different direction. So I think, you know, really (laughs) focusing on, uh, right? It happens all the time, but I think a big piece of um, moving through this this journey that you're on is, is focusing on process and enjoying like where you are as you move towards whatever that thing is and not focusing on the outcome or the product or putting all your energy there, but putting all your energy into being where you are right now and, you know, executing at the level of excellence that you know you can and pouring into the work and into yourself on a daily, having a support network of people, whether that's, um, you know, like a sister circle where you can, you know, confront ideas and fears where you can bounce ideas and goals and and have someone who witnesses you in that. I call them vision doulas who kind of help you in, you know, the support of the journey and act as cheerleaders and, and so forth. So that is really important. And then I would say, you know, as, as you move through, like, you know, one of the things that um, we have to all of us kind of check in with is really like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, what is it that I really want to do? What is my intention? And I think that um, when we ask ourselves certain questions, like really basic questions, and, and we get hung up, then it's an opportunity for us to really go deeper as, as to why we're actually doing this work. So, um, you know, I've met people who will say, well, I really want to, you know, get on this show. Or I really want to do this. And I really need a publicist. I'm like, okay, so what's the work? And they're like, oh, well, you know, and they can't explain. Or it's like, well, what's, well, what are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to be known for this. I'm like, okay, so but are you doing that? Well, I I started or I got one person or whatever. It's like that, you know, level of, um, so what I understood was, okay, you want to be seen, right? You want to be heard. Okay, so maybe let's start with doing the work and then people will see that and then people will come as a result. You'll have, you'll have, you'll have testimonial and then a testimony will speak, right, for itself. And then guess what comes after that? Like, you know, you'll find the community. There will be a sense of belonging. You will be uplifted, um, you know, through the work that you do. People will have, you know, things good to say. But, like, if you haven't actually done the work, it's like, you know, asking for deliverance of blessing after you haven't invested, you know, into people or poured into the work first is like the cart before the horse, right? So you should always be asking for more resources to support the work that you're doing. You should never be shy about that. And whether that's asking spirit, asking people and earth angels in your life or whatever that is, asking ancestors to come down and deliver and provide guidance and direction. But you should never feel um, that should always be that's always available to us, but we should never yes. really focus our attention away from the intention. It should always be like, what's 
what am I here to do? What's my purpose here? Like, why am I uniquely um, capable of doing this thing? And 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 return to that constantly because that'll keep you on course. When you start to get like, well, I want to be here and it's got to be this. And when we do that in life, just like when we do it in birth, when it's like, it has to be this way, this is what I want, whatever. When it gets to be really rigid um, and constrictive, then we're no longer moving with the energy of ease. And then we also are stepping away from what we intended in the first place. And so it is about, I think, kind of continuously cultivating and, and, and also, um, you know, checking in with yourself on what it is you want to do in the first place. And you can get clarity through all sorts, you know, many places. I mean, people who are here tuning in have been with you on a journey. So like you can, find so many people that can be a resource for clarity. Um, but you inside have to be the one ultimately who says like, you know what? I know that I'm uniquely, um, you know, uh, basically I'm, I'm positioned in this world to do this thing here and I'm going to work at that. And as you do that, you know, don't get caught up in like, Oh, look at this person, what they're doing. They're so much better than me. Like, you know, social media is a really um, powerful tool, but it can be a cruel master. So you don't want to become like so caught up in everything that you don't get to do your own work because you're looking at what other people are doing. Make sure that if you're looking at other things, it helps you to activate rather than start judging yourselves, right? And um, so I think it's more like keeping... Uh, attuned and, and constantly like fine tuning. And even with the fear, like you said, we, we take like tiny steps. Like, and, and even if you feel like you're in darkness, like each step is a little bit more towards light. Um, you know, I think there's a, a really great framework in a book around how to, you know, delve into this. And it's like the first section. So it's a great place to go to get primed in that. But I do think that you're not alone if you're feeling this way because so many of us are in this, are in this space where we're just like, you know, trying to figure it out. But the, the, the good news is that as you do the work, it's revealed to you. So it's not like you have to sit there and try to battle it out with your brain. You can actually start to explore and take the journey and take steps. And if we think about it in that way, it's like, you know, a baby is not, like, let me think about how I'm going to do this walking thing, you know? Like, let me <laughs> yes. just sit here and think of it. The baby's like, my behind is on the floor, putting these one little <laughs> hand for the other, find something to reach. Oh, cool. I can grab. And it just pulls itself up. It's not like, you know, taking a whole day of, like, ponderance and stuff, right? It's like we need to think about, like, um, the the dance between um, between cultivation and stillness and action, right? So there is a dance and we want to make sure that we're not so deep into the action space or so deep into the contemplative space that we, um, that we lose footing in either realm, right? We want to make sure that that is part of um, an integrative move towards whatever we're working on. Indeed, indeed. And so who supports <laughs> you, goddess? 
<laughs> who yes. supports you? You are the supporter, right? Like so many of our goddesses who are listening are part of other people's support teams. So who supports you personally and professionally and holds you up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I am thankful to have um, the support. I want to start first with my family and say that, you know, the fact that my child is the age that he is, um, she does not need the same type of hand-holding that he did when he was young. He does still need all the love and all the kisses, which he doesn't tolerate <laughs> as well. But <laughs> but I, um, I am thankful for family structure. Uh, you know, my partner, my fiancé, is, like, amazing. He is really supportive and, and helpful with my son. Uh, my son's grandfather, his paternal grandfather, is really fantastic with him as well and, and picks up a lot of slack for me, and he has over the years. Years, especially when my son was really small. Um, and I would say, um, you know, I get a lot from my spiritual practice that really, like, anchors me and, and helps me to stay supported as I move. And, um, you know, wherever I am, I have the thing, I bring the things with me that I need so that I can feel like I'm at home. I'm a tourist. We really love to feel like we're at home. And so um, I, I bring everything with me so that I can do that. And when I have to step away, I'm thankful that there are people in position that can help. We have fantastic, you know, on the design and art side. We have fantastic on the event side. Um, and on the doula front, really incredible um, doulas that work as contractors with us who um, pick up slack um, as well as, um, you know, take on a lot of responsibility to support the women that we work with. So that's number one. And I would say massage therapists who I love. Um, there's two of them that I rotate and they definitely keep, you know, putting hands on me is like, so important you know for me I always need to make sure that I lie down and let somebody lay on hands and so I do that and really believe in that too um and then I think uh, another piece of um just something that I do not as frequently as I should but that I really enjoy when I go is um acupuncture which um there's a wonderful place that I go that has like kind of community beds and you can just be in a room with other people as well or in a private room and you can kind of go in between like say you have a meeting or whatever I don't advise it I advise going with nothing else capped around it but you can do it if you have to be on the go um I like to do it and then take a nap and just lay there so I'll I'll do it when I have like a three-hour stretch and I'll have them keep the needles in longer so that I can sleep longer. And it feels like you slept a day <laughs> when you get up. Ooh, but, um, sis, I'm going to have to get the number. I'm going to have to get the number of the oh, acupuncture place. I have you. you on that. I have you on that <laughs> for sure. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. That is beautiful. And the laying on of hands is, you know, the most sacred of spiritual practices. Mm, beautiful. Mm, so mm. I have I have one more question for you, which is very key for my Essence audience. Uh, a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of media in the past few years about, you know, black women and, you know, basically like there is this underlying voice that a lot of women write me about that they feel like they are, are taking in or hearing that says in many different forms that as a black woman that they are somehow unlovable or um 
you know, less worthy of love and all of these headlines of like black women doomed to be alone, et cetera. What is your Mm. own, your glow advice for these women, these beautiful, incredible, talented, brilliant women who are being, who feel that there's a voice telling them either to settle or that they're not enough or somehow unlovable or less Mm -hmm. lovable, et cetera. Very important. It's, this is so important. I'm so thankful that you brought this up, Aviola, because, you know, we have been told in so many ways from popular culture, media, um, and obviously through social media as well, um, things about ourselves that are ugly, that are not true. And then we have in our own community these types of uh, things being affirmed. And um, I think that the, you know, black women and women of color, but I want to speak to an experience that I'm living, which is as a black woman, which we are the light of the world. And we have been at the crux of community since the dawn of time. And we, it's like our pelvis is the seed of divinity. Like we are, we're here. We're not going anywhere. And we also were first here. So we have to remember um, the legacy and the pedigree and the ancestral roots and the blood and the, um, this, this sacred, um, uh, the, the light, like who, of who we are, like of who we come from, of what we are made of, like the sacred matrix, what we are exactly made of. Um, we're powerful. And so when I hear these words or I hear somebody like Steve Harvey talking about how a woman should be whatever it is that he is selling yeah. women, I want to have a book burning for that because I feel yeah. like we have to stop listening to people who are telling us what we know to be. And deep down, we know this to be untrue. But we sit here and we let people speak statistics and tell us things that are um, about ourselves, how we're too hard or we're too this or we're, you know, not that or and all these things. And meanwhile, there are people making money selling things that are so cool about us, right? But not if they're attached to us, right? Commodifying our beauty, commodifying our bodies, taking pieces of who we are and part and part and parcel, like, you know, selling them off our lips, the circumference of our size, our butts, our breasts, right? Our foreheads, our hair, right? Out, like our way we move, right? Like this idea of swagger, we invented that. So it's like, the, you know, all of this is like, to me, when I hear people say that we're doomed to be alone, it's like, no, there's no one worthy, right? It's like they just, mm. the person that is meant to be is not even ready yet. He's still or she's still becoming. That's why they haven't arrived because we are 
magical. This idea of black girl magic that, you know, people get all upset about it and like, you know, how come everybody didn't have their magic? How come it's black girls? Because you know what black girls have to get through on a daily just to be who they are? Like, do you know what it takes to live in our skin and face the things we face and and take in the messages that we take in to pass magazines and billboards and hear things and all of that, all that we have to get through, that we have to filter out, that we can just still be ourselves, right? Like, and we don't have outlets. And we don't, and we are, we have to be perfect. We have to be strong. We cannot be weak. We cannot have moments of vulnerability. We cannot do therapy. We cannot, like, we can't do any of these things, right? Culturally. So it's yes. like we're meant, we're supposed to be strong and we're Teflon strong. Like strength is not an issue. Vulnerability is going to be what, um, is the, it's going to be the grace of black, the, of the black woman. Like we, really need to allow ourselves to finally take a nap. We need to allow ourselves to finally exhale. We need to let ourselves finally um, to rest and to be at ease a little bit and to nurture ourselves and to do the things that we would want our partner to do when that partner shows up, start doing those things for ourselves. Because what happens is like, our self-care practice in our community is lacking, right? And so the things that we desire and um, in a partner or in any, any relationship, whether it's a work relationship, whatever, like the reason that we feel angst also is also because we're not doing these things unto ourselves that we want done in relationships because we're the one who's always supported everybody and everything. We're the reason things are standing, right? So in this time as you are making space for your king or your queen or whomever is stepping into your into your life at whatever point they come um start to love onto yourself first and speak blessing onto yourself first and do the things that you love to do and surround yourself with people that you really want to spend time with and who bring out the best in you and do the things that you love so that you can find yourself in places where you might meet someone who's on the level, where you might meet someone who's worthy because, you know, because you exist, so does the partner, right? Because you are, so is this person that's supposed to be your match. And I believe that there's not just one soulmate, but I believe that there is a soul match for the level of consciousness and readiness that you're at today. And I believe that as you grow yourself and as you, you know, ripen, there is another person who can meet you at that same space. And it might not be the one that you're thinking about right now or that you're boohooing over that, you know, you were with for three months or whatever. It might be somebody else. So I think um, I think we need to really, like, not figuratively and on memes of inspiration or on our little group chat affirm ourselves, but we really need to take time to to um, dismantle the messages that have been so pervasive about um, what's wrong with us and the take and, and stop and, and stop like um, letting that stuff come in as if it's truth. Like statistics are numbers, but 
there, there's a lot of things that count that can't be counted. And I wouldn't count all my eggs or put all my eggs in one basket of, of, of somebody's study on, on black women being alone or whatever it is. I would not use that as um, a tool of affirmation. I think that we have to start to transform what we think about ourselves and what's possible. And I think that's why it's so important the work that you're doing and, and having spaces like this for women so that they can grow themselves spiritually so they have the fitness to endure a time that might be one of, of, of being alone and how long that is. But when you are ready and when that person is ready and when the time is ripe and that person steps into your life, you, they're just coming to match. Like they're not completing you, but they are coming to be a compliment and to show up and lift and support you. And so that not everybody can do that. So that's probably the unfortunate thing is that not every human being is doing the work to be there. So that's a, um, a symptom of society that is not a symptom of, you know, you and your, you know, um, there's something being wrong with you as a woman, but we have to remember like who we are and where we come from. And I think that's a, a constant thing because of what's out there. I mean, every single day there is something or I overhear something or whatever, like our little mm-hmm. girls are targeted, you know, for being beautiful and being black. And it is so sad that as women, grown women, we have to now unravel the things that were seeded in us at these ages of five and six, right? And so um, so I, I encourage and invite you to do this work with yourself because when we start to um, when we start to really think about um, what's possible for ourselves, Outside of the outside of the lens and landscape of statistics and what what people say is possible for us, we start to invite in spirit to work through our lives. We start to you know really tap into our GPS, our intuition around like you know decision making and and, and really integrate our body and our and our practices of our body through self care. Like we start to fall in love with ourselves and that's most important because your partner is going to show up when you are already in love with yourself yes 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 take us to church like the <laughs> yes goddess, yes <laughs> I i'm like don't even ask me. i was like don't yes. even ask me about this child because i feel so i'm glad that you asked because i just feel so so deeply that like that is a wound for us that is a wound for us it is a wound for us it is it's a primal a primal wound and you know I say all the time you know exactly exactly as you said that you know not only do we have you know of course in our our heritage and our history you know the pain and the fear and the anger, but we also have joy that there is joy in the sense memory of your womb and your womb space, whether or not you still mm-hmm. even hold those parts, there is that sense memory there, you know, as we know that when a oh, girl yeah. child is born, she holds all of the eggs that she will hold in a lifetime. And so 
And my great-great-grandmother, who I spoke about, she had an essence of me. And in her great-great-grandmother, she had an essence of Mm -hmm. us. And so somewhere there is a joyful, you know, there is joy in your your heritage, in your culture, in your ancestral, you know, body, even if you are not aware of it within this lifetime. So you have access to it if you witness and listen, as Latham said. That's right. Listen and witness yourself. Beautiful, sis. Beautiful. Well, (laughs) yes. If you want to have church with Latham on your bookshelf. (laughs) Yes. I highly suggest you go out and get Own Your Glow, a soulful guide to luminous living and crowning the queen within. Any parting words, Latham Thomas, goddess sister? Goddess, you've been amazing. I just want to say that um, I appreciate you and that I see you and I affirm you and the work that you are doing because I know that you're anointed and that you are doing exactly what spirit intended you to do. You all are safe in the protective uh, embrace of Aviola and the work that she's doing, that you um, are comforted in this work and know that everybody that she brings in and that she exposes you to is an extension of her blessing. And I just want to say that each, as, as you do this, as you do the podcast and as you move through social and, and with the writings um, and the cards and everything, like the divining process has transformed from being something that was only interpersonal between two people in like a, you know, in a space, a safe space. It's now become something that um, we transmit through social media, that we transmit through, you know, the internet. And these tools allow us to find each other. And so what I want to say is if you are tapped into this community, and you are looking for, um, you know, more support, like make, make it a commitment to yourself that, um, you, that you share, like if it's this, you know, podcast or, or maybe another episode that really resonates for you, that you share that with like five people that you know, that you know need a word right now and share it with them. And let them know what it is that you're experiencing along your journey and be a blessing to them because the work um, that happens here, there's so much of it, you know, we are supported through financially and a lot of it we do out of love. A lot of things that Abiola is doing or that I'm doing, we show up to do because we feel a, a sacred commitment and we we cannot not do it for you. So, what you can do to be a blessing as well and to support us is to make sure that if something hits your ears a certain way or sits on your heart a certain way, that you pass it along to other people so that not only are you helping them, but you're also helping us. And I ask that with love because as women of color in a space that supports um not that doesn't always support us, I should say. Uh, it is important for us to make sure that we do our part as individuals who are consuming the content that are, 
you know, growing in different ways and experiencing so much profound transformation that we love getting the emails and we love getting the DMs and everything like that. But what's so powerful and profound is if you also push that out into the world, that Abiola has been a teacher. She has been a blessing. She has been a gift. She has been a guide for me. Like, it, that really helps. So I want to remind you that as much as you might feel like you have work to do and you got to find your way or whatever it is that you're telling yourself, which is obviously not true, um, that you also remember that there is something that you can always give, and that is the power of your voice. You can lend it to, to the support of the work that the people who you believe in are doing, and you can make sure that others get to benefit from it by, um, by passing it along in whatever way. And thank God for social media because there's links and there's stuff like that that you can share, um, and there's platforms that you can share. But please make sure to do that because um, know that that it's a gift and a blessing to do this, but that it, it makes it, um, it makes it easier for us to not have to be always online and pushing stuff out. If we have people who are earth angels also helping us do the work and also making sure that when something resonates for them, that they make sure that the ripple effect is felt. So I wanted to close with that because I, I appreciate you, Aviola, and I appreciate that the the work that you do that you commit to do that you are steadfast about and i want people to know listening because you don't need to say this i need to say it for you sometimes we need to be the person that's in the room that speaks for somebody that's not in the room sometimes we need to be the person that is in a situation that can bring a name up that blesses somebody with an opportunity that they wouldn't have been considered for. Sometimes we need to speak up when we hear somebody say something unkind and let them know the truth about that situation or that person. So I say this to say that this is the power of our voices as women and as people who are um, affecting change as well as culture. We have a responsibility as we have our responsibility to you and through the work that we do. Um, there is a, a responsibility on your side should you choose to accept that that offering, right, that that we have placed upon you one of support for each of us. So if there are people in your life that need that, that are doing work, that's feeding people, please lift them. Yes. Thank you, sis. You got me crying over here. God is like, though. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Thank you. I received that. That was so incredibly beautiful and powerful and necessary. And you, Goddess Latham's office, are beautiful and powerful and necessary. And I see you. I feel you. I am a witness to your work and to your greatness. And I am grateful for you being you on this planet at this time where we need you where you are as essential as the soil so thank you sis mm. thank you thank you thank sir. you thank you, thank thank you, thank you too you. i'm so thankful thank you yeah mm-hmm. yes okay so this has been a beautiful <laughs> conversation <laughs> 
Thank you. So if you are listening, Own Your Glow is the book. Lathan Thomas is her name. And you have been given your divine marching orders. I will see you in the next conversation. Be seen, be heard, be the magical woman that you were born to be. Amen. I say blessed be and so it is. 